The second week of 2021 begins, and the first seven days have already reminded us that we are a nation and community in crisis. It's January 8, 2021, and I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this and every other installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. On today's program, Charlottesville's school board debates school return in a long discussion. The University of Virginia Health System briefs the media on vaccines, and the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors looks ahead to 2021. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, the Local Energy Alliance Program, your local energy nonprofit, wants to help you lower your energy bills, make your home more comfortable, and save energy. Schedule your home energy checkup to get started. Now only $45 for City of Charlottesville and Albemarle County residents. You'll receive energy-saving products and expert advice customized to your needs. Sign up today. Today marks the third day in a row where the Virginia Department of Health has reported over 5,000 new cases of COVID, with a figure of 5,238 today. The percent positivity has decreased slightly to 16.7. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there are another 185 cases, the third day in a row that there have been more than 150 cases. Today, that's 80 cases from Albemarle, 34 from Charlottesville, 19 from both Fluvanna and Green, 21 from Louisa, and 12 from Nelson. The University of Virginia Health System gave an update this afternoon on COVID in the community. Dr. Costi Safri is the system's director of hospital epidemiology. We are seeing increasing rates of um, cases in the community that's impacting admissions. Um, This is a statewide phenomenon. The Charlottesville School Board voted 4-3 to three last night to direct staff to plan for a return to face-to-face education on March 8th, though a final decision would still depend on whether the current COVID surge has abated. They were shown metrics from Dr. Beth Baptist, the director of the school system. I mean, okay. right now everything is in an upward trend. It is yeah. best, better that for Charlottesville and Albemarle, our numbers are less, but we have to remember Charlottesville is not an island because we've got people coming in and people going out every day, so there's so much movement. Dr. Baptist noted that teachers and staff will be eligible for vaccine in Phase 1B, and surveys will go out soon to determine how many doses will be needed. The earliest they can be administered will be at least early spring, according to a release sent out yesterday by the Blue Ridge Health District. Logistics are being worked out now. We will certainly work with staff that, to if you know, based on the time of their appointments, to have coverage for them if needed to go get the shots. We'll encourage them to get the shots. We are not going to make anybody take the shot. But if someone doesn't take the shot and we have uh, an outbreak or some problem within the school system, we may have to um, have them not be in the building as we would for any other communicable disease. In December, the board gave staff direction to proceed with a limited opening for face-to-face instruction for pre-K through elementary school beginning on January 19th. Last night, Superintendent Rosa Atkins recommended pushing back the start date to February 22nd. During that time, we would hope to see the community transmission rate um, be decreasing, uh, start to decrease, have a significant decline. We'd also hope during that time that we will get more information about the vaccinations. Atkins said the final decision would be made at the school board meeting in February. 
School board member Jennifer McKeever disagreed with the recommendation. I think that February 22nd is far too soon. School board member LaShundra Bryson Morseberger called for a halt to planning for a specific date due to the winter. Everyone is in just a, like a world of anxiety every time we have these meetings. And the dates are very arbitrary at this point. We're in the middle of a surge. Um, and so I think that we just need to pause all the dates, the, the date to go back in February still, we're in the surge. So I just think we need to just let it settle for a while, let the new administration come in, let the teachers get the vaccine and the people who are coming into contact with students get the vaccine. School board member Sherry Kraft said she wasn't ready yet to give up on in-person learning for some part of the third quarter of the year, which begins on February 1st. She had a positive feeling after watching Governor Ralph Northam talk about Phase 1B on Wednesday. I don't know. I think the vaccines are such a, a game changer, and we're not exactly sure about the timing of that. I felt like there was a really good chance that the process was going to move faster. School board member Juan Diego Wade said he supported the February 22nd date, as well as the idea of some students going back to school as soon as possible. The virtual is just not working with um, a lot of our, our students, and we're doing what, what we can. And I don't like the, you know, what, what we're doing, you know, as far as um, setting a, a date and said, we'll look at it and then make a decision. But I really don't see what any other options we, we have because I want the kids to come back as soon as we can. School board member James Bryant also supported planning for the February 22nd date. It could very well be February, it could very well not, based on the metrics. School board member Leah Perrier was on the same page. A little bit over uh, four weeks from now, we will meet again. And if the metrics have changed, um, the 22nd, I think was the date given, may still be able to work. Um, if we're in the 15% range, it won't work. However, McKeever said the February 22nd date was arbitrary and was causing anxiety in the community. February 22nd is when it's the projection is, the governor's projection to be the peak of this surge. I just don't, I don't know why we're going to continue to live, have our staff live in anxiety about when we're going to go back to school. Superintendent Atkins said she was growing increasingly concerned about the welfare of students who were falling behind. Virtual is working for some students, but there are also students that virtual is not working for. Um, especially when you get to our high school, we have students that we're going to lose in our high schools uh, because they're not engaged right now. Atkins said having no specific date to plan for would be very difficult for planning purposes. Eventually, a motion was made to move the planning date to March 8th. After a long discussion, they took a vote. Bryant, Wade, Kraft, and Perrier voted yes. The others, including Chair Lisa Torres, voted no. Speaking of vaccines, that was a major topic at this afternoon's briefing with UVA health officials. We just heard how teachers are within Phase 1B, which has not yet begun to happen. Dr. Reed Adams is UVA Health's chief medical officer. He said Phase 1A has been underway for a few weeks, with a focus on the most vulnerable population as well as health care providers. 
who are doing healthcare work and working in medical systems. Um, and then, um, of course, residents of long-term care facilities. And that latter part is being done by um, by, by um, you know, um, contracts with pharmacies. We have um, vaccinated um, um, about 7,500 um, of our employees to date. Um, and um, this week, um, we're starting to um, start to provide our initial bolus of um, team members' second doses of vaccine. Dr. Reed said UVA has been getting more shipments of vaccine and has ramped up capacity. He said the Blue Ridge Health District is coordinating doses for other health care workers as part of Phase 1A. There is a well-publicized effort to provide vaccines for health care workers who um, are not part of health systems or hospitals in our area that's um, occurring in our community on Hydraulic Road. You know, as we work through healthcare providers, um, we'll start to see that vaccination of, of um, first responders um, like fire, um, police, um, people who are not able to, um, because of the, their work, are not able to socially isolate. Um, and that likely will be occurring um, in, in those community forums. Um, and at UVA Health is um, um, working now to, to support those efforts. Dr. Costi Sifri said UVA has moved fast to increase its internal capacity. When we received the first vaccines, which I believe were December 15th, um, we had a capacity to um, provide vaccine to about 175 of our employees on a daily basis. Um, and that's now increased to over 900, nearly 1,000 people a day. However, the actual numbers may vary. Dr. Sifri said he thought community vaccination efforts will have similar increases as they gain more experience. Governor Northam's um, announcement um, this week um, sort of, you know, um, gave that charge, and he talked about um, some of the efforts that they're um, entertaining and working towards um, as as this um, as this um, vaccine program moves forward, including things like looking at the National Guard as part of that um, as part of that effort. In the next installment of this program, we'll hear from Dr. Fauci, who spoke Friday to a group of faith leaders about the vaccine. Just as I was about to hit send on this newsletter, the Virginia Department of Health announced that some localities would begin Phase 1B on Monday. Yesterday, a release from the Blue Ridge Health District had put the timetable on early spring. Here's a large section from the release. While many localities remain focused on 1A vaccinations, 11 health districts will begin gradually adding vaccination opportunities for the following groups, frontline essential workers, people aged 75 and older, and people living in correctional facilities, homeless shelters, or migrant labor camps. Overlap of vaccination of groups is needed to ensure people are vaccinated as quickly and efficiently as possible. The advanced districts do not include anything in the Blue Ridge Health District. The VDH release states that all health districts should begin Phase 1B by the end of January. Just as a violent insurrection against the U.S. Capitol was fanned by the sitting U.S. President on Wednesday afternoon, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors was meeting for its first meeting of the year, and they appointed Ned Galloway to a third year as chair. Unlike Charlottesville, the Board of Albemarle Supervisors appoints its presiding officer every year. Every supervisor gave thoughts about what they hope 2021 will be like. Supervisor Diantha McKeel represents the Jack Jewett District, and her second term is up at the beginning of this year. She made these comments before the moment of silence. We now have 8 million people who have moved into poverty. We have 90 million people who have no health insurance. 
One in six adults are going hungry. One in four children are going hungry. And in the United States now, we're losing someone to COVID every 30 seconds. Supervisor Ann Malik is in her fourth term representing the Whitehall District, and she gave these remarks, which supports Albemarle government action in response to the pandemic. While we have many more obstacles in our future from COVID-19, I am confident that we will avoid chaos, provide services, and earn the confidence of our citizens. I know there is a long to-do list already, and our work plan is overflowing. But there are high-priority program issues that I hope we will all think about and give attention to in 2021. These include completion of the county's Housing Albemarle Plan, finding ways to pay for infrastructure to support urban growth, and connecting the Climate Action Plan with action steps including the county's own procurement policy. If we take a cradle-to-cradle approach and get thorough documentation, not information from salespeople, we will make much better decisions. Supervisor Donna Price of the Scottsville District is in the second year of her first term. She said the pandemic will continue to lead to hardships for Albemarle residents. Price listed three priorities. The first one is expanding broadband, and that includes revising our cell tower policies in order to ensure that we can expand availability and access. On top of everything, we have to look at equity. And as I've mentioned before, equity must be prospective, not retrospective. Every decision the county makes must be made with a view towards equity. Price's third priority is to find a way to find locations in the county where convenience centers can be built to allow residents to drop off solid waste for disposal or recycling. As I travel to neighboring counties, I see virtually all of them have no-fee convenience centers. We have no convenience centers in Albemarle County. Supervisor B. Lepisto-Kirtley is in her second year of her first term representing the Rivanna District. She said education is a priority as the pandemic continues. We need to do something with our schools. Um, I'm, look, I'm hoping that the school district will figure out a way to make up for lost time for our children. That's the basis of our democracy. We need to have an outstanding educational system for everybody. Supervisor Liz Palmer is in the final year of her second term in the Samuel Miller District. The pandemic is a focus. And I hope we can continue to do the great job that we've been doing in masking and social distancing in spite of the spike that's going on now. Galloway is in the final year of his first term representing the Rio District. He thanked the board clerk and her staff for their work in helping government meetings continue during the pandemic. And I know that that work is going to continue. Um, and we don't really know when that's going to end, but it's, it is, it, I know that the board, board members are confident that we will continue to be able to work and provide services because of the excellent staff and excellent clerk's office that we have. We'll have more from the Albemarle Board of Supervisors meeting in a future installment of the show. And that's it for this edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter for Friday, January 8th, 2021. This is coming out a little later than possible, and I think I am going to go ahead and not do another one until Monday, but I'm going to work on it. There's a lot going on, and this is going to be a very busy year, and I am here to try to bring as much of it as I can to you uh, from the comfort of my very home. 
Uh, as I have said, this is now what I do for a living. Uh, I, I no longer have that part-time job that I had. So I am devoting myself to all of this work. Um, it's actually something that I've wanted to do my whole life and here I am. And I thank all of those who have supported me so far financially or by simply sending me a note to say, hey, that's, that's okay. Or, hey, that's lousy. Um, either way, I just really would like to hear from you uh, no matter what you have to say. This is in fact called community engagement for a reason. I want you to get involved with your community and what better way and for me to tell you the opportunities that you can do so and let you choose what you want to get involved with. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, there will be a week ahead newsletter uh, that takes a look at local government stuff. That'll be coming out sometime on Sunday. Thanks again for everything. Stay safe out there and, uh, you know, do something nice for somebody today or tomorrow or the next day. Monday, though, you can be mean to people. It's fine. Stay safe out there.